0: Awesome, cool. So, welcome, Kirby. Hey, Caleb. I really appreciate. Um, yeah, appreciate you making the time to have me on here. Um, and we were talking a little bit before about. Um, yeah, my I've been following your ministry for about four or five years, and um, what's always blessed me about your ministry is I've felt um, challenged in a good way, like challenged in the way that helps you to grow and to kind of evolve um, versus being challenged in a, in the negative sense. So, um, yeah, firstly, just, I really appreciate you. I appreciate, um, especially I feel like what you're, um, what you're communicating to the body of Christ and beyond the body of Christ, um, in, in this time right now, it feels like, um, from what I've listened to, um, and just what I've been hearing from, from friends and, things like that. I just feel like um, it's very important, especially what is on you right now. So just appreciate that. And um, thanks for coming on here. Just want to yes. start, start. Thank you. That way. Thank you, Keb. Thank Um you. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, I'd love to just start off by hearing just a little bit of your background. Some of my listeners um, may not have actually heard of you. So oh. um, I'm interested in how how your journey has progressed and i know like that's a really broad question so um just go where you feel um you can in, in the amount of time that we have um yeah
1: yeah that's a very long um, uh, story uh Caleb, but uh, i'll try and give you the the points that are important in my journey uh give you a background to where i come from for your audience as well i am uh, from sri lanka so Literally, you know, we are a little teardrop at the bottom of India, literally 32 kilometers uh, distance between the top of Sri Lanka and India. Uh, and so we are very small island at the bottom. When I say small island, uh, we are 20 million people. Uh, so that's that's when I mean small, but it's not like massive, but we have about 20 million people. And uh, uh, most of them are Buddhist, uh, so 85% Buddhist. and. Uh, the Hindus and uh, Muslims and it, so it's the rest uh, uh, to the rest and uh, Catholics and very little uh, what they would call uh, Pentecostal or charismatic and see what we are put in unfortunately governments have to categorize and know you as a religious group so uh, we are sure. categorized as not Catholic obviously but uh, uh, put into what they call evangelical charismatic Pentecostal um, which, is, which is sad because it, it doesn't leave room for differentiation uh, because I don't consider myself evangelical, charismatic, or Pentecostal. But unfortunately, um, unfortunately the, uh, we're categorized as that. Of course, I have come through the evangelical, charismatic, and Pentecostal move. And uh, my grandfather was a Methodist priest, so I was brought up on the mission field in Sri Lanka. If you know what that, if you go back 100 years or 50 years, you know what the mission field looked like here and you still come to these parts and you see how uh, missionaries came from uh, uh, with the Western world and, and, and preached here. And honestly, on, on, I was brought up literally on, on the blood of the martyrs who, who have preached the gospel in this nation, you know. And so I was very used to uh, a methodical sort of uh, gospel and I grew up in it, and um, uh, then when I was, my name is Kirby, so I was named Kirby because Kirby comes from the word Kirk, which means brought from the church. So um, uh, okay. so what happened was then uh, when I was around 15, my grandfather was, although he was a Methodist, he was a Buddhist, so my my mother's family comes from over 2000 years of uh, very ancient family uh, that was uh, in Sri Lanka. Um, uh, they were a lineage to the king, uh, one, of, one of the kings, one of the many kings in Sri Lanka. And uh, so they're a very hardcore Buddhist family. In fact, the, um, the capital of the country is named after my mother's, uh, mother's family. So, um, mm-hmm. so you can understand that lineage. And then you have my grandfather uh, breaking away and now becoming a Christian and uh, at, a, at a later stage of his life. And then he gave himself to become a priest straight off. He didn't mm. think twice about it, and, and sold his estates and his gem mines and all this kind of stuff, and then became a Christian. So I'm, you can call me second generation from that side, uh, from my mother's side, uh, or third generation from that side, Christian. Uh, my dad's family uh, is Huguenot French, who came here 500 years ago. Okay. So the Huguenots are, again, Protestant, you know, fighting against the Catholic Church at that time, and then came here. So it's a marriage between Christianity and sort of Buddhism. And then my grandfather really uh, was not so, although he was in a Methodist revival, uh, he was more a John Wesley fan, let me put it like that, uh, and a Charles okay. Wesley fan than, than method the methodical sort of movement, you know. And uh, I still have his book Uh, ancient in tatters about John Wesley and all how he scribbles of how he and if you know anything about anyone knows anything about the Methodist revival you realize that it's far from uh, and I'm not castigating what church has become today but every revival is far from really the ones who had uh, had the revelation first every single revival is like that and for sure and and, um, unfortunately that DNA wasn't passed down and uh, with anything I was um, if you look at uh, uh, the the latter revivals from Toronto to whatever it is, I don't think the DNA of it is still lasting, you know. And so that is why what is so important for us today, uh, Caleb, is a fresh revelation, you know. And when I yeah. say fresh, it doesn't yeah. mean new. I'm saying uh, I'm not saying a new revelation. There is no new revelation, yeah. but just a fresh move that is so important. And so just giving you a background to uh, my family. And um, I went away from the church, so brought up in the church, went away from the church when I was 15 or 16. 14, 15, 16, I was a very troubled kid. I had no reason to be troubled. My parents were really wonderful uh, people, uh, affluent. uh, You know, I had every luxury in my life when I was young. We had horses and, you know, we have come from an ancient equestrian family, 500 years of horses. And so I had everything, you know, in my life, but at around 14, 15, found myself um, void, you know, of any presence or, and my mental state was bad. I have got used to uh, getting involved with drugs and stuff like that. 14 years old, I had my first hit of heroin. By the time I was 15, I was completely doing heroin. Oh. Uh, 16, 15, I mean, from there onwards, you can imagine what happened. And anyway, so I went into sure. the world, explored, left the church, explored the world, got uh, initiated into the hermetic order of the Golden Dawn uh, by someone here. Sri Lanka when I was 15 you know like uh, initiated into his what he was not the official one but what he was doing and uh, got involved very much with the occult and uh, all that kind of stuff so you can you and then went into the Buddhism into the Hinduistic traditions, the Vedantic that is so uh, big here in in these parts of the world you know studied those things thoroughly and um, and really uh, uh, without I must say uh, we learned a lot. And this is something that uh, people say, no, you've got to be ashamed of it. But I'm not ashamed of what I experienced because it was God had a plan, you know, and and I, I, mm. I studied under them very well. I became quite uh, proficient in the Kabbalah and all this kind of stuff. And uh, when I was, um, and uh, sort of a ritual magician when I was very young, uh, and by the time uh, I hit 19. I was, uh, of course, my mind had not got healed still, and uh, I was on psychiatric medication and stuff like that. And and uh, from there onwards, I went back to my grandfather's faith. You know, going back to the Bible, reading back. And well, no one, there was no one to teach me. Uh, I uh, was averse to the charismatic Pentecostal movement at that time because I felt that they needed to save me, and uh, I didn't have a reason to be saved. and and this whole thing, and then my parents had now moved from the Methodist Church to uh, at that uh, time I think it was the four, four Square Gospel Church at that time, and and so okay. they were they were they were you, you know how you you set your they're trying to set me up to be saved you know constantly, and I was running away from that. Yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah. <laughs> so I didn't want to have anything to do with that, and I found myself in England, uh, actually in in uh, Milton uh, in Maidenhead uh, when I was I think. 18 years old or whatever it is, uh, going to get my wife, Fiona, who was, uh, who was British, but she had been here on a stint uh, for her studies. And her parents had found out that, that she'd got involved with a gangster and, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, swiftly took her away and, uh, to England. But I had, by that time, made a lot of money um, because I was involved in the mafia here and stuff like that with all this, and so I'd made a lot of money, and I managed to find uh, find myself uh, in London knocking on her door in, in in Milton Keynes, much to her parents' dismay, and um, of course um, uh, with a Bible in my hand as well, because now I was looking to. My, with a couple of pills of uh, psychiatric medication and a Bible in the other hand, you know. So, <laughs> so what happened was um, I started reading the uh, Bible, and uh, one thing I couldn't understand it that well. But but because of my uh, background in the Kabbalah and stuff like that, I could understand the I could understand the Old Testament, but not the New Testament. I couldn't like nail it. I was like, why wow, the reason sure. for Jesus was like it, it went over my head. But uh, the whole Old Testament, I saw. In, when I started reading the Old Testament, I saw everything I'd studied in the Hermetic Orders and you know, in the Vedantic and all this kind of stuff. I saw just shadows you know, of that in the Bible. And I was looking, thinking, man, here's a book that's thousands of years old. And it had every other book in it, even in the Old Testament. And it sort of unified everything that I was specializing in. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, that blew me away because, um, uh, I was thinking, man, you could just come here and get a whole lot of this stuff. And I was, I spent so many years doing all this. And but one thing that happened to me is when I used to read the New Testament and understanding Christ and His words, my mind started getting uh, better and my clarity started coming in. Wow. yeah, there's something wow. about uh, the Spirit Word, underwritten by blood, you know, that um, that really awakened me to uh, righteousness. Really, when uh, uh, I say righteousness, God's justice and and um, yeah, so I gave my life to the Lord. I had experience in Maidenhead in a room all on my own. Um, I didn't have a concept of a sinner's prayer, but uh, I knew exactly where I was, who I was, and uh, I invited him into my life. When I came back to Sri Lanka, my parents didn't know anything about this, so they're still trying to uh, get me into church. <laughs> but uh, by that time, I had uh, an awesome relationship with the Lord. And um, yeah, so uh, that's, that's, that's the beginning. And then, yeah, um, yeah, that's just the beginning. And the second stage of that- That's interesting. Yeah. yeah, The second stage of that is that uh, 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 once Fiona had also got the essence of who Jesus was, she had experience with him as well. And uh, we decided to serve him. And I thought maybe I'll be a financier of the kingdom. And because I was a business person, I had had big projects in Dubai, I had uh, tea factories, I, I had farmland, all that, which we still have. Mm-hmm. and um and so i thought that my, my calling is to finance the kingdom i'll just be a business person i was i was good at it i was i worked for the government god raised me up very fast in government i was an advisor young one of the youngest advisors to uh, to cabinet ministers and stuff like that and so it i so he he raised me up so i thought that's what i'll be doing you know i never thought that i'd be preaching or something like that and um of course i had then by that time i had a spiritual dad uh, nilo besekara who's a who who was a pioneer uh, in dubai and in sri lanka and um, and then i g- got to know prophet kobus van rinsberg very very supernaturally mm-hmm. and um, started started really growing in the charismatic you know kobus was a funny uh, my 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 special dad also was he was methodist uh, priest then pentecostal charismatic you know done the whole line and then he Gone um, when I met Neil, he was in grace he was in the grace move, so okay. it, so I was like yeah yeah, you know it blew me away it, it, like grace it, like rocked me, it rocked my world, you know and, uh, and then uh, Cobus was also grace, but he was into like long life, lasting life, you know this kind of stuff, and if you sort of mm. close because I was grace, but I was struggling with a, uh, a complex of being a martyr because I wanted to serve the Lord, and because in a mafia, yeah. uh, if you love someone, you die for someone so uh, if it was for me, I was that's the way I showed loyalty. So I was finding a way to die for Christ, you know. And so then Kobus comes with his narrative like, oh no, you're not supposed to die, you're <laughs> supposed to live and all this. And so I got really ticked off really at one point. And uh, I was like, no, that's you know, not, you've got to die for Christ and, and you know. And so, but it, Cobus, his, his revelation sort of came on me. Uh, he was dying, you know, Kobus was dying when I met him. And uh, he yeah, was dying of yeah. um, uh, a very strange kind of cancer. And, they, um, you know, you have maybe very few opportunities with him. So uh, he uh, he asked me once, what do you want from me? I think on the first day he met me. And I said, I just want the revelation of the word. I said, the way you know the word, I want to know the word. That's all I'm... And mm-hmm. he, this guy, if anyone knows anything about Kobus Van Rensburg, I think it was uh, Oral Roberts who said that there's a guy in Africa who's done... More miracles in the last ten years than the whole 1946 revival, you know. So that means yeah. all the guys put together. A Allen you know, all all of them put together. You know, Branham, Allen all put together. Jacko, all put together. There's one guy who's yeah. done more, you know. So that was Cobus. So and for, and you, and for
0: people, sorry for people listening as well, because yeah. I don't know what the documentary was that came out. There's a documentary that came out. Sons of God, was it? Really, the Sons of God. Sons of God, was maybe. What is the Sons yeah, of God? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Think, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I remember, because yeah. um, I'm from South Africa, actually. Really? <laughs> yeah. From there. yeah, and um, the church they were part of was um, it was when the Toronto renewal was happening yes. as well. So, yeah. Jesus People Movement, Toronto yes. Renewal, and yeah. it blew up 30 people to 3,000 people and yeah. a part of all that, sure. um, but I, the first time I saw a video of Co- Cobus and yeah. I remember just seeing all these crutches all that's over right, the right, yeah. walls and the and he's kind he kind of comes across a bit kooky you yes, know like his does, whole it. his whole style he's yes. like a prophet yeah um, and a lot of those sort of prophets can be just like a little bit weird, kooky yeah. which yeah, I, yeah. I really yeah. enjoy yeah with yeah. the um, and he had a pool or something he had a pool his, he carries his, his um,
1: incense he carries his oils his incense and <laughs> it's weird like, you know we got this well, yeah. These, yeah prophets are quite but, strange but and, then. Yeah.
0: But then he's seeing this crazy fruit like, yes that's right, like really yeah. like not many people on the planet yeah like it's pretty insane yes. what he was walking in so anyway I <laughs> yeah. didn't mean to yeah so off, so we
1: we we got really close and then what happened was so when like anyone could have asked him for anything like they would have asked him for i want the power to heal like because his healings were like off the charts you know like uh, so effortless and easy and all that and so I, I, the only thing I said, I want to know the word the way you know the word because if you listen to him, mm. I tell people even today when they come to church, I said if you want to listen to me, listen a bit to Kobus and if you can handle Cobus, then you'll be able to handle a bit of me, you know. Otherwise, because just uh, the way they, we, he teaches, and of course they got the impartation, so he then laid hands on me, and, and um, uh, that, that's what happened, and the rest was history. And from that time on, as I come, if I picked the Bible up, it just it's new revelation. It's just mm. new. It's just new, wow. and I can't. I can only say it's a gift. I can't explain it any other way. Like I never have to prepare like a message or something like that. Uh, you know, just if I open it, it's like it explodes and uh, it became yeah. living. The word really is a living word, and uh, so that's what I that's what I received, and I'm so grateful. And the rest followed, of course. The miracles, signs, and wonders uh, followed. Uh, but just to just to close on this question, uh, something that's very very important and that has to be said is that uh, Sri Lanka, uh, what a lot of people won't know, is uh, has one of the most ancient forms of Christianity uh, in the world, OK? Uh, because Thomas landed here in 52 AD. So St. Thomas was already here 52 AD, mm. just 20 years after uh, Christ's death. Mm-hmm. And and then they set up here in about the 400s, the Nestorian Church of the East. So the Church of the East was set up in Sri Lanka and uh, wow. very inculcated with the Sri Lankan tradition and stuff like that. And uh, so, now I didn't know this, so it was it was only uh, maybe five, six years ago that I started teaching in certain ways. And I was going down a certain stream and uh, a lot of times I get revelation in the night, you know, a dream, a vision, and then Bible teachings and stuff like that. So um, I started wondering what the heck is going on? Like, how is this happening? There was eight months of constant teaching like this. And um, I... I started then understanding uh, a bit about uh, the Nestorian Church and I started, was led to look into the doctrines and why he was hereticized, because the Catholic Church hereticized Mm. him at one point. And I was amazed to see that all the stuff that I was teaching is why he was hereticized. And uh, uh, I was like, whoa, like where the heck? Then I realized what happened was an impartation broke open, probably a stream. And um, uh, yeah, this this Nestorian church, wow. the Church of the East, was the largest church, bigger than Catholic church. And they went from here to the Silk Road to China. And they sat in the Chinese Daos. And the king in Sri Lanka, wow. the, the Sri Lankan king at that time, his his uh, son-in-law, Migara, was uh, a Christian, a Nestorian Christian. And they set up a old uh, ancient, and it's all on Wikipedia. You, you can check it out. It's like they set up an old... Uh, cross here and a, and a church here. And when the Nestorians went into China, the Tang dynasty, just imagine, that, look, look how, I mean, people have to, I, I think because we, they've hereticized Nestorians, we've not seen the impact that this man has made for Christianity throughout wow. the East. I mean, it's yeah. mind-blowing. So just understand the king's son-in-law was a Christian, became a Christian. Okay, uh, And a lot of the history of Sri Lanka uh, at that point is, is inculcated with the Nestorians. Then you have uh, going in, these same guys going into China and the Tang dynasty. And in the Tang dynasty, the emperor, literally the emperor, loves the gospel that Nestorius is bringing. And literally what he does is he, he calls it the luminous religion of light. And he takes the luminous religion Whoa. of light. And tells all the Dao's at that point, which was Confucius tradition, to be able to preach this new luminous religion of light. And 3,000 monks were initiated in, in China. And go, going, I mean, just imagine what Nestorius did. I mean, we don't even talk about this because some, the institutional church said, oh, he was a heretic. But we don't even give him his mm. place. The whole of the Chinese empire uh, up to, um, up to uh, Genghis Khan... Okay, uh, you'll be surprised to know that Genghis Khan, all his tribesmen, they were all Christians, Nestorian Christians. And uh, he himself wow. was very influenced by his wife, his brother, his son, his grandson, Genghis Khan's grandson, who ruled China, was a Nestorian Christian. And we don't even talk about it, you know, because why? So what be-
0: what yeah. was the heresy? Just, just to, okay, let uh, lem- lem-
1: yeah. lem- me give it, tell you the heresy, Caleb, and then... You you you'd see why we should look at this man and and take him to the sainthood and be able to say this is our inheritance because he had he mm. had he had uh, doctrines that were really authentic you know and so and these doctrines have been found in China and in these parts of the world interestingly written wow. by Nestorian Christians wow. uh, and kept in caves so these doctrines didn't have to go through the they didn't have to go through the councils of Augustine. Sure. And all this kind of stuff where politics got involved in Europe. So you could see the original type of Christianity in these, in these uh, what they call it, the Jesus sutras found in archaeological cave here, thousand five hundred years old. Oh, yeah. You know uh, the doctrines of the Nestorian Christians. But interestingly, they found the Gospel of Thomas uh, in the Nag Hammadi caves as well, next to Matthew, Mark, mm-hmm. Luke, and John. Mm-hmm. And so you can see that it corresponds together. And so. I'm not taking. I know these are extra biblical for sure. Of course, I accept that. But it does give us a bit of history and insight into whoa. This is what the original Christianity looked like, and then slowly things have been shifted and changed and edited. Uh, four hundred thousand textual variants in the in the New Testament alone. <laughs> so we can't be foolish. We have to be. I mean, we're not. We we have to have some sort of intelligence. There's four hundred thousand textual variants means there's been. A lot of change, you know? So that's why that's why looking at these doctrines and then comparing it and getting better insight is important. And so uh, the heresy, yes, the heresy. The heresy, the main heresy was that he argued with the Roman church at that time that um, Jesus, uh, that Mary is not the mother of God, but he's the, that she's right. the mother of Christ, okay? And that was the reason, you can understand how uh, inflaming that, that 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 thing was. And he said, no, no, you don't understand. He, she, he's, she can't be the mother of God. She is uh, right. the mother of Christ. And uh, yeah. he explains it. And he wasn't trying to demean her or, or anything like that. But at that time, they were pushing uh, the Christology through Mary uh, in such a big way that they did not want this to um, uh, perpetuate. Uh, second one was that he... Literally, and I'm still figuring the, it out in the best way, mm. because some of the writings are very old. Uh, so I'm, uh, I'm trying to figure out exactly what he was saying. But um, that's when I found, because I thought uh, on adoption, like 10 years ago, I was teaching on adoption. And people were having a hard time with adoption. And um, at that point, then I looked at Nestorius, and he, another reason why he was hereticized was the doctrine of adoption. Now, the doctrine of adoption is really interesting because uh, if, you look at, um, if you look at Jesus, okay, he doesn't say Jesus, and, and this is where people have uh, got him wrong, I believe, because he's not saying that Jesus is not God, but he's saying that Jesus, um, uh, Jesus is a man adopted by God. Okay? Right. Now, now, that's an interesting take, a man adopted by God. OK, uh, and so uh, you, you see the linear, I think the linear, the way it's flowing is like Jesus was a man. OK, and then he, he's only begotten because God had ordained him to be adopted. And then in yeah. the time of John the Baptist, he goes down and he comes up completely born again. You know, he went through the same process that you and I went through. You see, yeah. uh, now that's a chronological thing. So, I think what, uh, what it conflicts with is the theolo- theology that Jesus is 100% man, 100% God simultaneously.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. Now, yeah. that is, I, I think that's where we can, might, might need to review the Nestorius thing, because he's not talking about a simultaneous thing. He's talking about a chronological thing. So, up right, to John yeah. the Baptist, man, and then son of God which is very interesting, yeah. you know? And so you look yeah. at the subtleties of these things, which are wonderful. And we should be able to talk about it without, uh, because they're so beautiful. The, the subtleties are beautiful. I don't know who's right and who's wrong. And really, I have a relationship with Jesus. It doesn't, it really doesn't matter because these are just yeah. doctrines that people argued over and fought over and then threw people out of church over. Uh, but if you look at the essence of what is, what came through this part of the world is an emperor himself gave himself, to the religion of light and and asked it to be spread. So I mean,
0: um, fascinating.
1: Yeah, yeah. And there, there's a little more yeah, of that but seems... I'll wait. I'll that, so that's where we are, and then the back of back again history of Sri, La- of Sri Lanka.
0: There's so much in that. It's <laughs> it's um it's fascinating, and I I love church history. So you pushed a button there when you started talking about that, yes. um, and especially more recently. Um, Looking for, um, I think I think wanting to be more pragmatic in my practice, yeah. in my own personal practice, and looking through. Um, well, if you start with like you know charismatic Christianity or whatever, it's like pray in the spirit, pray in the spirit, read the mm-hmm. word, pray in the spirit. Yeah, there's not much else yeah. more going on, yes. and wanting to fish around and dig deeper yeah. to try and find like, is there early examples of a more um, holistic spirituality a whole more holistic spiritual practice and um and we are largely especially as protestants influenced by augustine and then obviously like luther was very influenced by augustine which is why we've inherited that and i've even seen that you know like you're talking about um the established church versus like an eastern offshoot through nestorian or whatever Um, but at the same time i feel like protestantism has cut off its roots in Catholicism yes. in a way yes. that's been detrimental. So it's like yes. this common theme of not being able to have discussions maybe yes, or I to do. just explore things yes. without it becoming mingled with identity. Yes, It yes. seems to be the challenge. It's like um, pursuing to live in mystery and to know the mystery has you, to yes. know that above all things you're held by love. Yes. You're not um, yes. defined by your... Um, doctrinal association or whatever seems right. to be the foundation that creates humility to have discussion around these things. So yeah. it feels like a common, a common thing where we've lost so much like treasure chests of um, wisdom and understandings being lost. And um, I saw that in Catholicism. Yes. I saw things like, um, so I started working at this Catholic church and then um, I was just digging around because you hang out with Protestants and they all, There's an agreed upon sort of like mindset Toward the Catholic tradition But no one's actually crossed the line And has any real idea And you see like in the charismatic renewal You see these like, you know, gold dust And manna and different things And then you read the lives of the saints And it was happening for centuries Before, you know, the modern day charismatic movement But I remember one thing that um, was like a, a turning point for me In my own, in a realization for myself where my own mindset was is um, I was talking to the priest because I work directly for this priest and then he's talking about um, the Eucharist. Yes. And he says to me, he pulls out all the wafers. Yes. I, I, I spoke to um, yeah. truth Seeker about this as well. Yes. He pulls out all the wafers and he says to me, um, the, he, he says, until this is blessed, it's like I'll, I'll stand on it, I'll throw it in the bin, yeah. it's nothing. But he says, once this is blessed. Yes. He says, um, I'll die for it. I'll die yes. for this wafer. Yes, that's right. Because of right. obviously transubstantiation. And, yes. and so I'm going like, my mind is like, oh, it yes. seems too far, you yes. know. And then he takes me into this prayer chapel, right, and I have this prayer chapel and the exposed Eucharist is sitting there. Yes. They may even listen to this. but yes. And it's sitting there and I walk in this, just this tiny little prayer chapel and the, the tangible the presence, yeah. glory yes. atmosphere yeah. is like, is in the room yeah. and it's like undeniable. I brought yes. a friend of mine who's like he's not really that kind of like guy, like a glory yes. kind of yeah. guy, you know. Yes. He's more yeah. like he loves yeah. the he loves the word, he leans toward doctrinal clarity and yes. stuff. And he walked in the room and he was like, "Bro, what what's going on in this room?" Maybe. you know. And I remember just going like, "I can't figure this out." Like I can I can try and figure it out. I can go like, "Oh, it's just their faith and my doctrine's still right, but yeah. it's their yeah. faith being applied or whatever." Yeah. But I I agree with you. I feel like there's actually things that we, we may just not know. And yeah. especially in this time, like yeah. we need to be able to have, just have these conversations so yeah. that we don't make the same mistakes that were Go made in the past. So, um, Absolutely. Which is interesting. So another thing I wanted to ask you about is, um, I mean, from my perspective, I would, I would say that some of um, what, what you're teaching could come across as controversial I'm padding it a little bit, yes, to some yeah, people, yeah. especially if they don't. Um, firstly, like I feel like sometimes people's discernment, they yes. we, we call um, fear discernment. So yes. we, we have a check in the spirit or whatever. Um, but also they may just not know the context yes. that you're talking from and things like that. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to know how you sort of started to emerge with what I believe is like, I don't know how to, how to put language to it, but is profound and, and really vital, what you're communicating, the message you're carrying and you're reproducing. I'm interested to know how you started to stick your head up in what might come across as controversial and what, how, how you process through a time like that, or was there a specific time that you started to do that? Does that make sense?
1: Um, yeah, I'll I, I try, I, I try and answer that to see whether it fits your question. But um, yeah, uh, with it, with it actually uh, whether uh, with, uh, I'm making sense actually so uh, <laughs> uh, yeah so um, you know, some of the stuff that uh, is controversial uh, again I have to go back to the Eastern Church uh, because I think a lot of people don't understand how Christianity started and so uh, they will uh, sort of uh, separate certain uh, areas to be uh, um, uh, non-Christian or new age or something like that uh, but Kelly will be amazed that Christianity had such a powerful influence. Uh, you must understand, uh, like any audience uh, must understand, that Christianity has had 2,000 years, 2,000 years is a long, long time. And even if you go back 5,000, six, thousand years, you'll realize that a very yeah. few, uh, a, a very few uh, um, uh, data or information or scripture of religions are even that old. Like the oldest um, yeah, oldest carbon dated, of manuscript or not even a manuscript but it's a tablet that we have is the Gilgamesh which is uh, the Sumerian tablet and then after that we have um, uh, what they had have a piece of the Torah okay Uh, I think Mm -hmm. carbon dated seven eight thousand years I'm not sure right but very close to that is the Rig Veda Uh, same it's like 200 300 years the Rig Veda is a book now here's the interesting thing Rig Veda is a book uh, we, uh, now the Indians now I'm from this part so I can I have a right to talk about it okay and get uh, get hammered for it if I if I have to I have no problem uh, so uh, the fact of the matter is the Rig Veda is the Hindus will take it as one of their holy books and I'm, no problem I give it to them okay no issue okay but what they don't understand uh, or what people are misunderstanding is the Rig Veda was written by people called the Aryans okay uh, now the Aryans are the people who came to Sri Lanka and the Sri Lankans, actually, we call ourselves Aryans, okay? And uh, the Aryan race were Persian in origin. Now, when you understand that they're Persian in origin, that means the oldest Hindu manuscript, okay? Just get this, okay? So it's a crazy story, okay? And these guys in Sri Lanka, we said, oh, we have we come from Prince Vijaya, who is an Aryan. But if I ask a Sri Lankan, like, uh, Prince Vijaya is an Aryan, yeah? So who did Prince Vijaya worship? Okay, uh, so who does an Aryan worship? And you realize that Cyrus was an Aryan. Okay, uh, all these guys oh. were Persian kings and they were worshiping the God of Abraham, you know. And so the, most of the, the nice. Bible, or, you see, the Bible was an oral tradition up to uh, Persia. When uh, the Persian kings came in, they are the ones, you know, Cyrus uh, says in the book of Ezra, Nehemiah, they say, go and build a house of the Lord for us, you know. And so you'll realize that uh, these Persian kings are the ones who actually started editing the text and getting uh, the, uh, the Jews to really put what they believed down in books. And so you have the school of Isaiah oh, yeah. and places like that. But these were just schools. You know, Isaiah was not written by one person, it was written by literally made by hundreds of people in in generations. But the fact of the matter is the Persian kings who believed in God got this done. So. When we talk of Hinduism and when we talk of Buddhism or when we talk of all these things, we are forgetting that the oldest text that they have is also the Rig Veda, which is an Aryan book. And so there was a monotheistic mm. god who and so the Rig Veda has three gods. And so in the, the semantics of the Rig Veda, is like Father, Son, Holy Spirit, if you look at it, okay? And it's just that the language is different. And so when we are looking at some of the New Age concepts that are coming in, it's, we shouldn't be so fast to sort of castigate it to like, oh, this is godless. Uh, but uh, to see the symbolic and see how Christians have influenced, we, had, we, we we take away from our influence when we start try to demonize something. Uh, but yeah. if you understand how old and ancient we are, uh, we, our technology is originally Egyptian, really. You know, It was e- written by Egyptian prints. We've got like, a, such an ancient uh, technology passed down through generations, yes. uh, civilizations that are lost, that we don't know how God dealt with that type when they were laying the pyramids. We don't know who God was and yeah. how God dealt with them. That civilization is lost. But we have the Jews, yeah. ancient, ancient. They're the only ones left from that, that, that civilization that is passed down. And given us a technology that probably was Egyptian because it was Egyptian prince, right? And, and we don't understand this technology has come to us. And so I look mm. at every religion not with, uh, with an eye of condemnation, but really to find Christ. And I'm not, I'm not universal, I'm not a universalist. I don't believe uh, that you can go down that path and then uh, find, uh, find Christ. I'm not saying that, mm. but I'm very open to see. Uh, the, the echoes and the shadows of Christ in all these all these uh, traditions and that's why I came back to Christ. that's why I came back to Jesus. I came back to Jesus because I was mm. in the Kabbalah, I was in those religions and then I realized, man, all all that are just shadows of what is in this ancient text that Moses had and wrote and he knew something mm. you know so mm. uh, so that's the first thing and so meditation, uh, and stuff like that, when I talk of meditation, they think, oh, meditation is New Age, or that's Buddhist or Hindu, without realizing who, 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 gave, who, who the, the Dao's, even in China, when you say, when you look at the Shaolin Temple, and people will be blown away, they'll think that I'm crazy to say, it, to say this, but the Chinese Chinese uh, translation of the Bible of John, starts off with, in the beginning was the Dao, okay? That's how, mm. how, how the, the Chinese translation of the Bible, in the beginning was the Dao, Okay? Now, they yeah. knew, when they said in the beginning was the Tao, they knew what they were saying. They knew that people yeah. get confused, that this is the same thing that they've been following before. So, but they knew and they did it on purpose because that's exactly what they were trying to say.
0: Yeah, you right. and,
1: then, and the Tao was God and the Tao became flesh because that had never happened. And the Tao d- dwelt among us, you know. So, mm. you, you see, so... Mm. Uh, we, we, because of our judgment, um, we can't sometimes see Christ, how he's pervaded and he's incorruptible, he's immortal, he's eternal. He can't be crushed or he can't be perished, he can't be twisted, he can't, he can't come in. He, you can't uh, try to box yeah. him into your philosophy or your charismaticness or your Pentecostalness, you can't, or whatever, you can't box yeah. him in. He's everywhere. He's in everything, Whoa. and 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 you, if you give him preeminence, you'll find him, and you, and that's what I do. And I, so, uh, meditation is not a not a it's an ancient Christian practice. Uh, if you look at the the, the practices in the Jesus, series, gospel, Thomas. Um, you'll see it. You, you see that fasting in the way where you fast for long periods of time. Mm. Uh, that, that's that's really there. You know, uh, it's really in the Bible. You know, it, or it's really in the practice of Jesus. The elements. Uh, talking about the elements. The elements are right in the first chapter of Genesis. We have the elements, and then. Uh, we, but we don't know any concept of the elements or the baptism of the elements, the baptism of the fire, the baptism mm. of the water, the baptism of the wind, the baptism of the earth. Mm. You know, but if you look at these books, you'll realize, oh, that's what Jesus was talking about. It's not a ritual that you go and jump into the water and you don't know what the heck happens. It's it's a part of mm. the other uh, baptism. their initiations into uh, a very, very uh, um, uh, enlightened state of of mind, really, uh, which, is, which, God, yeah. uh, which God is doing. But, but you, but for that killer, we need to come out of eating from the tree of the box, the knowledge of the polarities, yeah, good yeah. or bad, or is it this or that? And and um, yes, so it can come out as controversial. But I'm also, I always tell people, come come with me to the fringe and meet Christ on the fringe, because uh, you know I'm fed up of the main and plain killer. By I, I tried that, I tried the main and plain, and honestly, I, I could, uh, I I can do main and plain. Quite easily and go and uh, be not so notorious, uh, you know, in a, in a sense, you know. Yeah. But uh, man, I wouldn't yeah. be my full expression. You know, God has called people in their full expression just to be themselves. And so I, t- I don't try to offend people, but uh, I just try to be the best me that I can possibly be and um, uh, and let Christ in me uh, do uh, convict people's hearts. And so, uh, yes, uh, we have uh, been considered controversial and and uh, but uh, one thing I'm realizing is that God is a funny way in uh, you know making people see, and uh, since of recent, I mean, mm-hmm. we have grown and people have started realizing the authentic doctrine. The Western world is hungry for the true Jesus, the Western world mm-hmm. is hungry for the true gospel, they've realized. That there's so much judgment, there's so much fighting, there's so much division, so much uh, judgment. I, I saw it, and um, honestly, that's not Christ. And we saw with the latest political situation that happened in the U.S. and what happened there, how people would say they hear from God, couldn't, didn't hear, you know, and all these questions come in. And so people are questioning, mm. uh, has the church got it right? And I think
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, the answer to that is, uh, no, the church hasn't got it right. And uh, that we need to seek deeper, and uh, not to go out of your faith, but is there an authentic Jesus that we are missing? What did,
0: yeah.
1: what did the original people preach? And he realized that mm. uh, it was very different. And so I'd like to preach the original form of uh, the doctrines of Christ. And I do look at uh, some of the people like Nestorius, why did? Why did people hereticize Nestorius? You know, and mm. when I looked at it, i like, man, really, for that? There are people today who are doing mm. things that are so much worse. You go into Africa, you go to America, you see some of the churches, it's the corruption, the, the doctrines, some of the doctrines are just completely off. So judgmental, condemning, yeah. you know, why aren't they hereticized? But this man who made yeah. such an impression, uh, and so Pelagius and people that, because I've been called a heretic, so the word heretic really is a, a, it's a badge that I wear uh, quite proudly, because the word heretic doesn't mean uh, that you don't love Jesus. The word heretic just means that you're not mainstream. And so, if that's yeah, the right. if that's the accusation, I'm I'm all into that. I'm like, yeah, that's right, that's that's cool. But I love the Lord, and I will serve Him in these parts of the world in the way my forefathers have have served the Lord. And we might not fit a Western Christianity, and that's okay. We never did, you know, we, we never fitted the European type of Christianity, and that's okay.
0: Hmm. Really good, Kirby. Um, yeah, I appreciate what you're saying. It's um, it's so easy to be in this subgenre of Christianity, and it's like such a modern kind of evolution of Christianity, and just so blind to the progression of how things have unfolded. That's why, you know, when you're talking about history, um, the history of the church and finding, um, digging deeper into mm. these. Um, figures throughout right. history is so important because we realize uh, um, what you know, a scripture I found recently is as is Isaac went into the field to meditate, right just so like this it's one line right one verse in Genesis, yeah. Yeah. and I was reading, and I was like, what, what is that? Like yeah. wait a second, he wasn't taught by Bill Johnson. he wasn't yeah. taught by Kirby delanel. who yeah. who was he taught by? like he went into the field to meditate. Well, probably Abraham taught him where did Abraham learn to meditate? We right. don't know yeah. like, whatever his tradition was i have right. a friend who's a historian actually yeah. i was asking i was like can you do any research on that mm. um because it's we we have a mindset around what christianity is and yeah. i think um i think we are actually we are in a time where it's on purpose what the lords doing as yeah. well Absolutely. and there's yeah. definitely yeah. been people who have punched through like yourself um that was i'm so grateful for and um and honor um did did you did you ever have times you know it seems like um, this is an outside looking in, but it seems like your ministry where it's at now. There's a lot more acceptance, maybe, of it. Um, but Appreciate did you ever have times even of just like questioning? You know, like like a mental challenge, um, going against the grain sometimes. Um, yeah. Did you ever yeah, so, have that sort of struggle in your mind and yeah okay. and wonder? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Thank you for the question, Caleb. Um. I can only say I've never struggled with, uh, and I don't want to come off as something arrogant or something like that. I've never come no, no, out, no. come out. Uh, I've never struggled with uh, me uh, thinking I'm on the wrong road. Now, that uh, that uh, I've I felt that I felt a calling from my young days because I, Caleb. I've been saved from from like hell, literally. You know, I was that's where I was. You know, and and uh, for, for me, when, when I gave my life to the Lord, I just wanted people to know him. And so from in, our, my, in my part of the world, it's one billion people on top of me. It's one billion people who don't have a clue who Jesus is. Mm. But, uh, but they do know uh, unconsciously, subconsciously who Christ is. They might not know the man Jesus, but they know the spirit of Christ. And they are looking and they're searching and they are they're deep, deep philosophical seekers of this Christ. Okay, And um, I want to be able to uh, to have a language for them because our languages will never, my language will never be the language of the West. I can't afford to have the language of the West, having a billion people over my life. Mm. Okay, So mm. th- there's enough churches in America who've got the language for the West. Okay. Um, I, I, this is my language, and of course, now in like you say, we are accepted now, and there, we have about three hundred and fifty groups around the world now, coach, like what we call coach groups. But the fact of the matter is that that uh, uh, I've not ever felt that I have been uh, in doubt or misled or anything like that. You know, I've uh, when I got, when I gave my life to the Lord Kaila, I just understand that I was so depressed that. Happiness used to come to me uh, five minutes for a year, you know. And those five minutes that it came, I would smile, and I would find joy in that happiness. And I would remember, uh, you know, on the twenty-second of December, you know, if, you know, when he walked into the room, something shifted, and I had five minutes, and I was happy. And this was going on for years. I was manic depressive, extremely violent. And and when Jesus came into my life, he he changed everything away uh, uh, from that. I know what it feels. Mm-hmm. To be fragile i know i know that place uh, of being fragile you know uh, where you can lose it and kill uh, the person next to you in a moment you know i know that place and i've not felt that way from the time i gave my life to the lord i felt i i know that i can go there if i'm not with the lord so if you ask me how do you know you're with the lord and i say i'm just so happy you know, I, there's so much joy in what I do, and and Sri Lanka is not an easy place to do the gospel. We have 600 churches here in Sri Lanka. You know, my pastors get uh, harassed every single day. Uh, their churches are closed down, beaten up, um, mm-hmm. prosecuted. I'm I'm persecuted here. We are castigated. The, all the government, all kinds of things, nearly arrested all the time. You know, wrong accusations. You know, we go through we go through a tough, rough time here. But I, but it but it's, a, it's such a peace and a joy so because of that i've never felt that i'm on the wrong path i know what it is to be on the wrong path because i've been there you lose your peace mm. you lose your mind you I, I i've been there i know what it is you know and that's when you're not mm. covered it means that you are going on a road that that the lord is not there you know it's when i always said lord if you're moving somewhere i want to be there if the spirit is moving somewhere yeah. i want to be where the spirit is moving so that's who the people of the kingdom are so because of that I'm not been challenged uh, about where I'm go- I'm going but have I had challenges from mm. the, the church man just two years ago Caleb uh, two years ago the all the churches in Sri Lanka every single church in the Catholic Anglican Methodist uh, Baptist um, you name them all you put them all AOG Foursquare all of them they wrote a letter and they signed each from all the bishops and all of them wrote underneath, and it's up online, you can search for it and say, wow you know, life cult, you know. Um, the Government needs to stop it immediately. And they were pressuring the government to get me arrested. And um, wow. and uh, it's because the government had realized that this one church, or what they call a cult, had suddenly become 600 churches, and had 250,000 people. Mm. And, and, and there have been people who have been working the field like the older churches here, the charismatic move. And they, they were 25,000 people. I was 250,000 people in two years. So, mm. so, because we were growing so big. Um,
0: They're saying you're Rajneesh or something like that. Yeah,
1: so they, yeah, so they said, yeah, so this guy, this guy has grown so big, so fast, close him down, close him down, investigate him. Uh, I had the, the head of the, the largest church in the country speaking openly, saying, get this guy arrested. So we've got persecuted. But we... we I had to leave the country, you know. <laughs> they closed my companies down. I lost millions of dollars, you know. They said, they said oh. I was selling drugs, all kinds of things. But the fact of the matter is, I've, we've had a ball, you know. I've had a... I'm not saying I'm so strong or tough. It's just that I've had a grace, you know. If you know I had, There were times that I was worried, concerned that I might have to not have ministry, be in prison, uh, get killed, so all that kind of stuff. You know, when this happens, people get incited, uh, all that. But uh, really, we, we, we've we done well. I think God um, has been with us, you know. So that's why I say, I don't know whether I'm... I might be on the wrong path. I don't know, you know, in my doctrine. Someone can go... I'm open. If someone goes to my doctrines and says, Kirby, here, these areas, let's talk about this, like brothers, you know, I'm open. I'm, I, I would love to learn. I love to learn. That's what I do. I forage all day. What I'm doing is I'm reading and reading and researching and researching and just getting to know who this God is because he's so vast. And, um, so, but the fact of the matter is uh, there's no dialogue. I'm, mm. How I know I'm on the right path is the peace I have and, and, and the fruit I have. And I think that should, mm. that should be a good reference point for someone uh, that, that you might be on the right path. That's all I can say. I think I think I'm getting it right, you know, in a sense, you know, at least in these parts of the world. So, but you know, wisdom is known known by his children.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I was going to say, do you think? Because I've I've wondered about this as well. What you're saying, like, it's like you're not saying that you have it. You have things perfect. You're saying you have peace. Yeah. Whereas I feel like for a lot of people, they're quick to judge based on whether everything's right, you know, whether it's all, you know, and that's according to their own perception anyway. Yeah. But whether things are all, you know, perfect and in their place, yes, um, maybe because they judge themselves that yes. way, you know, or their yes. their version of God is like yeah. a micromanager. So when that's how they feel and so they project that onto other people. Yes. Um, do you think it's that it's like like having peace in your heart that even if you were to make a mistake like you're still loved like, yes. and, and the Lord's more than able to correct, correct you yes. 100% to adjust
1: you yeah, yeah you nailed it Killer, because at the end of the day the New Testament is about the conscience and it's one of our big teachings and uh, we are judged by our conscience you know and, and uh, am I doing things into the integrity of my conscience and the conscience sometimes mm-hmm. is not, it, it's not a mediator of right and wrong it doesn't eat from that tree you don't know whether you're on the right mm-hmm. path but you know that your conscience is good and when your conscience is not good then you stop you know and you mm. review and so the, my conscience has been my friend and my guide and, um, and that's that's the best thing I, I know and like like you say i'm not saying i'm right but uh, i'm a keen student an explorer of who christ is mm. and uh, i don't know whether anyone else has, has got it right really but uh, you know so <laughs> but uh, this is where i am now this is why i am this is why where i am now and maybe i'll be in a different place uh, uh, another day and maybe i will say myself i'm i'm, I'm quick to say when i'm wrong uh, because that's good for people to listen now so many times i have said hey you know that teaching right there i don't agree with that uh, anymore this is my upgrade so i like to i like to teach like that that doesn't mean that uh, that teaching was uh, blasphemous or anything like that, but it could it could it could, it could be mature up. Revelation, I realize, matures, you know. And um,
0: mm.
1: uh, like if you listen to me teaching immortality, like when I first got it, it was like so, like yes, we're gonna live forever, and and now you know now I teach him how it's so different like so much on mechanics and I say "Hey, guys this is a difficult thing I don't know if it's possible I don't even know whether I believe in it anymore but I'm going to preach it because it's there you know and so I've matured you know so and I I think I'll keep maturing if we um, if we keep uh, ourselves humble and hearing uh,
0: the Lord's voice yeah that's awesome wow Um, I'd love to hear like what you, you mentioned the conscience can you can you define what that is, for, just in your own words, just so I can, the people listening, and just for myself as well, because I yeah. feel like, um, I feel everyone can relate to this feeling within yourself. You know, whether you are, um, conscious, whether you're in relationship with the Lord or not, yeah. um, you know, people on the street or whatever, any any person can connect to the idea of conscience. Yeah, and I know even biblically, like I think that the word means um, to have like co-perception, like it's actually. It's got this moral thing attached to right. it as well. But then it seems like I, I wonder about how people can be influenced in a, in a mindset that's still tree of knowledge and good and evil. And is that, is that tendency happening in a different faculty to the conscience? Yeah. Or is the conscience somehow formed in that mentality or influenced by that? Yeah. Is there a distinction yes. there? Does it yeah, that's,
1: there? that's that's a good question. It's a bit technical, but uh, um, it, it works like this. I, I I from what I'm seeing in the in the word, uh, the conscience is like the priest. You, you see, the you get a tabernacle, and you get the priest who goes, the high priest who goes in and out of all the chambers, including the outer court, including uh, the holy place, and including in the most holy place. You see, so the, mm. consider the conscience like him. So if you are in the outer court, and if you are uh, if you've not received uh, the blood, if you 've not ever gone into the most holy place and you don 't know anything about the blood, then your conscience is like an outer court priest because he 's going to constantly work, he 's going to constantly perform, he's going to be constantly feel accused. he 's only an outer court priest. He, he, he has to sacrifice every day and, uh, and that 's what the Bible in the New Testament calls a weak conscience. A weak conscience is under mm, the law that
0: 's good.
1: So he 's he's an outer court priest, a weak conscience. Then you have uh, what the Bible calls as a mature conscience, a perfected conscience. And that's the guy who can be in the most holy place. His conscience is sprinkled by the blood. And uh, John writes it very beautifully. He says, if your, if your conscience condemns you, God is greater than your conscience. You know, mm. and, so, uh, and so you have boldness before God because, because that means your conscience has been sprinkled. So he's an inner court, uh, most holy place high priest. That's and, good. Yeah. So that that's the conscience. So the conscience will change according to where you are. So uh, Romans says it like it's in Romans 2, It says about the Gentiles in this in these regions. It says that the Gentiles who do not have a, the law, uh, but do the things of the law. Mm. So that means that like the Hindus are doing the same thing like the Jews. But they're doing the same thing of mm. the law. That means it is a law unto themselves. So their religion is just like the Judaic law. It means okay. Their mm-hmm. thoughts will accuse them and excuse them, and their conscience literally will judge them. So um, that's really cool again. So you see that everyone who is in the outer court, in the Old Testament type of tradition, their conscience is weak. So uh, they're, they're under the law. So they so God judges them according to how did your conscience keep the rules and regulations that you were under, you, you see? Mm. So, But then we're called to transcend it. We're, supposed, we're called to transcend the rules and regulations and actually have a conscience that is mature, blood washed, knows that we're loved. So I say, if you are, have a mature conscience, it doesn't accuse you. And if it does accuse you, mm. if your heart condemns you, you say, hey heart, you see the blood? You're washed clean. Come on. Let's work together mm. as my friend again. So, a conscience is a faculty That's of good. your spirit. It's not the faculty of Holy Spirit. It's a faculty of your spirit. It's, it's a place mm. where people don't talk about that we have a spirit. Okay? And, and, and because of that, there's a severe misunderstanding in Christianity because they think, oh, when mm. you talk I, my, my spirit, we're, talking, we're saying we think it's Holy Spirit. It's not. It's our spirit. You know? And it's paired with Holy Spirit. It witnesses with Holy Spirit. But it's our spirit. And um, th- that spirit has a, has a faculty called a conscience.
0: That's very good that's good really good anchoring verses as well like it helps to really um paint that picture clearly like the distinction between um, yeah why there can still be legalism do you think um some of that when it's still in the weak conscience um a person who may still be in the weak conscience place and then i i think about where paul says um you know, if a brother's if their conscience is weak, they're only eating veggies that's or right. whatever. That's yeah, right. Like, that's right. Absolutely. That's, yeah, mean, that, yeah. That
1: Romans fourteen. That's really that that one is really good, and it explains. You know, mm. he's like, don't get this guy to eat meat, man. He, he he can't drink wine. He's not going to have a wine glass of wine with you. He's just he's he's no no wine and only veggies. You see. So, but you yeah, know, yeah, I yeah. I have a glass of wine when I go out and stuff like. That. I don't like drinking. You know, personally. Uh, but but sometimes someone says it is a good wine. I say, hey, can may I have may, may have a taste, you know? And so sure. people are like, oh, but you know, but you, well, we're not. We're it's like, hey, you know, you know it's, it depends on your conscience. I'm not going to force you to take it, but my conscience is okay with this. You know? and that's what Paul is talking about.
0: Do you, do, is there is there a connection with um, subconscious beliefs and the reprogramming of subconscious beliefs? Um, Or use different language, you know, through the revelatory, the putting off of the old, being renewed in the spirit of the mind. I think is a good, you know, biblical language for that. Is that is that kind of how you evolve, I guess, or is that how you become, you unveil to your innocence? Like, is that kind of the progression? Do you think, like,
1: hundred percent, Caleb? But people, that's why I said our spirit. People don't. The Bible talks so much about your spirit. You know, Romans 8, Romans 9 says, your spirit witnesses with his spirit, your conscience witnesses with his spirit. So your spirit is the subconscious mind. And if we don't, if we, once you understand that, that you have a spirit that is the subconscious mind. And uh, I don't even want to call it subconscious, I call it the non-conscious or unconscious mind, you know. And, And that mind has all the patterns. Your spirit carries all the patterns of generations. You know, and uh, that spirit needs to be renewed. It needs to be uh, purified. It needs to, be all stuff. It needs to have a, uh, an impartation, uh, uh, a pairing with Holy Spirit uh, that comes from mm-hmm. the Holy of Holies. And so your spirit is in the holy place. His spirit is in the most holy place. It's the Shekinah, in the most holy place. And in the holy place is your spirit. Uh, and that's what mm-hmm. people miss there. You see, we, they say, oh, no, 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 what in the holy place is the mind? Uh, in, uh, and, and in the most holy place is the spirit. It's like, no, 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 no. In, in the holy place is your spirit, which you can call mm-hmm. the lower mind, no problem, okay? But yeah. uh, that has a faculty of the lower mind. But on the other side of the whale, when the, uh, when the whale is taken away, and you can see clearly you are then paired, your spirit and his spirit are paired together, and that's a Shekinah there, right there. So the subconscious mind the reprogramming is your spirit needs to be reprogrammed. It needs to be infused with dignity that is from the Father.
0: That's very good. Um, I don't know how much time you have left. Yeah. you have time for a couple more questions? Yes, sure. How, Absolutely. How I'm,
1: enjoying, I'm really enjoying this, Kevin.
0: Okay, awesome. Yeah. I'm glad. Um, I'm interested in what your journey has been. In regards to that, um, yeah, that reconditioning of the of the spirit of the mind or the unveiling or what or whatever language you want to use, yeah. what has that been like for you? Um, and and even just to be practical about it, um, I feel like I feel like there's so much conceptual stuff going on, um, especially in the West. Like I, I'm speaking from my own perspective again. Yeah. Like um, my personal experience has been this is like wow. even even with the last 20 years, the prophetic movement, there's so much of the revelatory that's been cracked open and honored and it's good, but it's sometimes it's not embodied. So it's like, right. it's like we're, we're dealing with concepts all the time and it can be what I've witnessed is it can be almost confusing because the oil is on it. The yes. oil is on it when the word's released, yeah. but then the embodiment is a, is like creating dissonance kind of thing. Um, so anyway, w- what has your journey been like with that? Like how have you practically um, yeah, worked that out for yourself? Yeah.
1: So, so literally, uh, Caleb, like my take is that the body, the somatics, are an important part of uh, the spiritual life. And so uh, I think this is where people uh, misunderstand and they don't understand why the, uh, if you look at the Bible, the whole story is the narrative about the spirit, the Christ means the spirit working with matter, the spirit is working with body. So that, that's what we need to, I mean, you say bodies or somatics or uh, the, uh, the flesh, the flesh is mind mm-hmm. and body. So it's the mind and the body is the flesh. And so you realize that the flesh needs to submit to the spirit and that's how this thing is happening. So that's when uh, you have coherence. So um, let's, let's say the, the mind and the body have got wrong programming or it has been passed down through generations you can call it generational curses or whatever, third, fourth, fifth generation, we've got, we're carrying certain aspects of our fathers, literally, uh, in us. And so everything is passed through the blood and we have sickness and disease and hereditary sicknesses and all this kind of stuff and activations, epigenetic activations. That means certain Mm -hmm. triggers that will pull out traumas that was actually in our our grandmother that now suddenly comes out uh, when we put news on, you know, and uh, so... Uh, these things are in the unconscious, subconscious mind. Uh, and we have a collective unconscious. We have a collective. It's all connected. And so mm. uh, what, what's happening is, unless we allow that to be exposed, it's the whale has to be taken away. So, and it has to be exposed to the spirit of God for you to come in and do the reprogramming. So when that reprogramming happens, the biology also changes. So it's not only your mind, but your activities change because you, mm. it's, the mind is useless, consciousness is useless without, you can only be conscious if you have a body. If you don't have a body, you can't be conscious. So the fact of the matter is it'll affect your consciousness will come into a new consciousness, mm. but that will change your daily practical activity. Like if you were doing business in a certain way, your business will change. If you were preaching in a certain way, that will change. So the body starts um, uh, changing, because the body really is the connection on the material realm, and so, Why I'm saying this is because we need to realize that the Holy Spirit is given so that everything in the material realm now can now uh, have coherence uh, as above, so below, so below. Like that mirroring starts happening. Let your kingdom come on the earth. You know, so um, that's where we need to understand. And so for that, there has to be time given. It's not like one prayer of salvation, like it's, it's such a myth, you know. Uh, where we say, "Oh, when I said yes to Jesus, and up on the altar, and then everything is okay." Like, how many people really experience that? I said yes to Jesus, and then after that, all hell broke loose. You know, <laughs> like, why? Uh, what's that about? You know, and and that's because you got to allow that light to come in to every nook and cranny in those in that in, in the places of darkness. You know, and you have to expose it to the light. And there's so much in the Bible about exposing it to the light. And as you do that, mm-hmm. as you allow the light to come in, uh, the pat- patenting, the patterning changes, so much so that even long life uh, is possible. Uh, so much so, but, but it's a conscious effort to expose those areas to the light. And mm-hmm. so I, I really say meditation, certain, there are certain types of meditations, especially in the Nestorian sort of uh, 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 scriptures and the, uh, in these areas, there are types of meditations Christians used to do that uh, are really, absolutely profound uh, uh, meditations that exp- allowed the light to come into certain areas. Uh, and um, I, I think unless we practice uh, silence, stillness, allowing uh, mm. Holy Spirit to really come into different areas, we can't. Uh, our mind is moving 6,000 words, uh, I think per day or hour, or something I'm not sure Or per day, mm. 6,000 words. That's, that's a heck of a lot. And um, unless we are able to uh, take every thought captive, you know, the Bible says, takes every thought captive. It doesn't say take 50% of the thoughts captive. It takes take a, there, is a, there is a way God expects us that every thought can be taken captive. There is a place that that can happen, you know, and bring it to death, the ego death. And people don't talk of ego in a Western church, uh, but the whole mm-hmm. Bible is about the death of the ego. The, you Climb that cross, and you die. To um, unlike the uh, Eastern philosophies in these regions, like the Vedantic traditions and the Buddhist traditions, the, where you attain a certain state of enlightenment mm-hmm. uh, through the death of the ego, through the process, uh, Christianity offers death immediately. I mean, it's like I say, if you want the ego death just to know Christ, as you meet him, he proposes that you die. You know, so <laughs> you don't have, you don't attain. Uh, enlightenment, you 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 absolutely die, and then after that, it's your whole the rest of your life is a resurrection process of that mm. thing resurrecting. And if you look at uh, the story of uh, the the tomb, the third day of resurrection, you'll see that the the napkin, the head is folded, Christ is there, and it's actually the resurrection of the body. What we don't understand is what we're coming out of the tomb. We are not still out of it. A lot of us is still asleep. Mm. So sleepers awake because we're still in the tomb mm-hmm. trying, to, and, you know, maybe the hand is out, a little bit out, you know, the head is out for sure, and he's in the heavens, you know, but the rest is coming out of the tomb, you know, sort of sluggishly. And um, that's, the, that's really what is happening. The, the, the Christians are awakening into the light. Arise and shine, your, your light has come. So I think mm-hmm. we need to understand that that is a full-blown uh, experience where the spirit Quicken's the mind and the body. The mind, and so enlightenment is not a Buddhist word. It's not a, uh, it's not mm. a Buddhist word only. <laughs> you know, we can't just say, oh, that enlightenment is, but no, no. Arise and shine. Your light has come. Awaken, sleepers. Awaken. Your light is here. The word is light. Mm. You know, and and so mm-hmm. it's, there's an awakening that needs to happen, like like uh, when you see daylight. You know, and uh, that awakening. If you don't like the word enlightenment, if people don't like the word enlightenment, there's an awakening and it's a real awakening of the mind. because There's nothing more to do with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is fully awakened. But where is he awakening you? He's awakening you in the spirit of your mind like you just quoted.
0: That's really good. Um, I think I was going to ask you like, how you reconcile that with um, you know, some of the finished work sort of doctrine that i feel like has been really it's been really awesome and it's like been a vital um recovery i think of yes. the revelation revelation yes. but it's sometimes again received in a wet through a western um psyche kind of thing like yes. through a western um perception of how reality is that yes. it kind of it almost becomes dualistic again you know where yes. it's um, there can be a denial of the fact that you're not embodying you're not embodying that union that's given to you in its entirety. Um, yes. So I appreciate you unpacking that a little bit because I yeah. feel like there can be a lot of confusion around yes, that. Yes, I mean, and
1: I appreciate the question, Caleb, really, because when I'm talking about the awakening, I'm not talking about this, your spirit because... Your spirit, like let's 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 like I'm telling I tell Christians a lot. Uh, let's move away from this fact that you can lose your salvation. Let's move away from that now. Let's not lay again these foundations. Christ has come. If you know Jesus, He's come to you. He has got your spirit. So we are, the game is being played on at least three levels here. So the level of, of the spirit has been done. So uh, let's uh, the the gospel of you going for uh, to heaven. The gospel being preached for you to go to heaven. That's done. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's move away. So now what is happening is the awakening of the mind and the body so that you can live on the earth in power and authority. So, so when I'm, everything I'm talking about has nothing to do with you going, or, or any one of us going to heaven. That is done and dusted. Spirit yeah. has been saved. Jesus uh, was leaving, uh, and uh, Martha touches him, and he says, look, I can't, I can't uh, don't touch me because I'm the priest. I'm going... Uh, taking your spirit and the spirits of all the earth and I'm going, I've I've rubbed it clean with the blood and presenting all of you before the Father. So I'm presenting with the Father and the Father's going to say, wow, spotless, bright, you know, without wrinkle, you know. And then after he says, now, Mother, touch me because now it's to do with the body because now I'm going to come down the mountain from there. Mm. My spirit is in heaven. Your spirit is in heaven. You're all seated in heavenly places. You're all saved. So don't worry. Now, let's get the mind and the body saved as well. So that process, because it's from Kairos to Kronos, that is a time, it's a time-consuming process. Um, so the spirit is done, but now it's the salvation of the mind, and then uh, hopefully we'll get to the salvation of the body, which is vast. Yeah,
0: that's good. I have. Um, it makes me. Um, have you seen the movie Tenet? Mm. Tenet? No. Oh, you should see Tenor. it. It's like... Um, Tenor. Yeah. Tenet. Tenet?
1: Tenet? Tenet.
0: No, no. No, It, it deals with... Um, th- the whole concept is um, to do with how the future is informing the past. Ah. And it's dealing with reverse entropy and Retro- all these different retrocausality, concepts. Retrocausality, I love.
1: Retrocausality, yeah. Retrocausality yeah. is a biblical perspective, truly. It's finished. Now we are following up with what is finished. The future yes. is dictating today, not the past.
0: Yeah, yeah, which is like cool. mind-bending yeah, so cool. if you're really plugged into time. Yeah, but yeah, they they play with that concept that a lot, right, and it, yeah. it it's interesting because it's like the more that I've considered those dynamics mm. of what it is to live eternally, like yes. this is eternal life. It's to yes. know the one true God and Jesus yes. Christ whom He sent. Like to live eternally, it yeah. seems to speak to um, how we. Makes sense of this interface here with mm. the body and the mind, yes, um, and it helps you to to not have a dualistic perspective as, right. as well, because yes. there is a completion. Somehow we're living from the power of the age to yes. come. Yes. Like somehow that's true. I, I, yeah, I'd love to get your thoughts on that concept. Like if you have anything to add on that, because I know that's yeah. So
1: so so you're absolutely right. I mean, the fact of the matter is, it is a finished work and. Uh, that's the that's the beauty and the wonder of it that uh, we have the possibility uh, to just reflect and that's why it's a shadowing we are substance shadows of what is finished so we have a possibility to reflect uh, what has already been done you know we are not that's why it, I, I I keep telling the difference between the the philosophies of these parts of the world and us is they are trying to attain something so they are trying to from the holy mm. of holies they are trying to go from the holy of uh, from the outer court into the inner court. You know, and they're pushing through, pushing through. And so the whale is the Maya, and we have the concept in this part of the world as well. The whale is the Maya, and we to push through the whale, and we're going to go that way. And so then Jesus comes, and he turns it all around, doesn't it? You know, he, he turns mm-hmm. the whole temple the other way, and he says, no, no, you start from here. You're actually now on top of the mountain. Now you have to go down. So don't build tabernacle here, because now mm-hmm. it's the sixth day. The seventh day is, well, after the seventh day, they went up the mountain. They were glorified. Uh, he was showing hey you're glorified hey look at me you're glorified and they said hey let shall we stay here no no, no. he said no now you're going down so after the seventh mm. day we are going down the mountain we are going to the, towards the outer court we are turning the tree of life in the Kabbalah the other way you know in the, the Kabbalist as well uh, they, they I love the Sephiroth in the tree of life and you know Malkut, and you know then you got Yesod and then at the end you get Keter all the way that means God's glory, but he turns it around and says, no, 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 you're not going from Malkut, not from the earth to Kedah, mm-hmm. you're going from Kether to the earth, you know, and that's why, that's the beauty of it, you know, and so if you understand spirit, soul and body, our spirit is already there, everything is downloaded consciousness, uh, we're tuned in, okay, to, the, to consciousness, mm-hmm. uh, the, the Christ, the mind of Christ, and then now we are creating on the earth through that, and so actually we are causing things to become what it really is when there is no time you know so yeah that's uh, that's that's sort of uh, a little quick take on that
0: yeah it's fascinating yeah. that stuff yeah. hey it's it's um it's it feels like simple sometimes yeah but so deep yes. and um there's so much treasure to kind of mine um yeah. when you explore that that concept yeah. um i'm just aware of time I, I feel like i could just keep asking yeah. questions cuz Getting to sure. that kind of depth, but yeah. um, I, I'm just interested in your per- perspective, and maybe we can finish on this. On, um, and I know again, maybe it's different for where you guys are in Sri Lanka and different parts of the world, but um, it's it's getting pretty turbulent here in yeah. Australia. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the and obviously this has been happening now for a year with coronavirus and things like that. I don't necessarily want to talk too much about that in itself, but um. I feel like I feel like sometimes I and I know others are looking for wisdom like there's all sorts of opinions being thrown around um there's all sorts of ideas there's so much polarity there's so much um judgment there's so much fear um and I'm just interested in your perspective like and I know this deals a little bit with eschatology cuz we're talking about like how are things going to unfold? Because that's how we can have hope, and that's how we can deal with the current turbulence. But um, yeah, what is what is your perspective down to the level of practical wisdom, and how believers should be positioned in positioning themselves? You know, there's talk of people, you know, the the language of communist communist governments that's and things thing like there. that, yeah. and you know, this will who yes. knows what gets censored now? Even putting things like this online, it's yes. it, it's getting pretty intense. And yes. um, I know. I know because of my theology and because of the witness of that in in the spirit in the sense of the fruit of the spirit that's come from that um but I'm just interested in in yeah, yeah. your perspective especially um based on what you're saying before like you've been through persecution and you've been through and maybe and and I guess you're still living in an environment where it's somewhat hostile.
1: Yeah. Uh yeah so socialism is uh is uh I mean uh, the Western world is really sometimes when I listen to some of the, some of my Western friends talk, and I just say, "Look, you guys are just worried. You're just you're just scared to have my life." And I say, so uh, the fact of the matter is, we, Sri Lanka is a democratic socialist republic. You know, so uh, we socialism is. Look, at the end of the day, governments will come and go, and and this kingdom has been. Uh, it has gone gone through <laughs> communism socialism it has gone through I mean kings it has gone through I mean the worst tyrants and uh, that's that's I think what needs to be seen and uh, we are in Sri Lanka and we mean, uh, we get from censored to this kind of stuff is normal for us you know we, we can't even sometimes okay. have church or churches are closed down and we don't have a voice so sometimes. You know, but God is so faithful to raise His people up in times like this. And and in Sri Lanka, we uh, we might be a small group, a very influential group. And uh, uh, how did that happen? How did we? How did I end up being in government? How did I get a job in government? How did I become the youngest advisor? You know, how did Joseph do it? How did uh, true taken as mm-hmm. a eunuch? You know, uh, literally becomes like just imagine uh, Daniel. You know, taken as a eunuch. And that's what he does. Look at Joseph, you know, to sold as a slave. You know, with ty- ty- tyrannic, ty- absolutely tyrannic governments. Um, mm. And um, the Bible, uh, it is a story of uh, therapeutic stress. Uh, and that's what uh, I think we miss. Mm. Stress is good. The Bible is a story, uh, is one of the only stories, and pe- scientists are finding out that now, uh, one of the only stories that say stress is good. Stress is when mm. David can become a king, beating Goliath, you know. So I, I, I think the, the church is just going through a renaissance. We've had, uh, we had rumors of wars uh, many, many times, constantly, earthquakes, this, that, you know, and I don't think that it's, <laughs> it's coming to any kind of uh, end, but really a beginning uh, for the Christ kind and people who really know Christ and churches. And uh, I think institutionalized religion will have a, a, a tough time. Uh, really because yeah. they don't have the answers they the, they can't bring meaning to the suffering um, mm. uh, because there are people suffering and suffering the suffering is real and uh, and I, I think uh, the church needs to re-look really at the, some of their doctrines uh, like I'm looking like at some of the doctrines why are we uh, why are we not effective you know and this is the time the church can really really mm. bring some meaning into the suffering we have the suffering servant. We have Christ. We uh, we can bring real meaning now if we were not judgmental, you know. If we don't look at this that group of people and say that idea like this and these people are like that and all that, it really could be really effective now. Uh, and I think there are some churches in this season and this time that are growing into that. But we're going to see more of this. This is just mm. the beginning of the beginning, you know. So uh, I think we're going to see more of it.
0: You think that there is a because you mentioned um and I agree with you, like it's comforting sometimes like you know, simple scriptures like Psalm forty six. I've just been like living in that lately. Cause it's just be still and know. Be still and know. It's so simple. It's not like don't get frantic and try and figure it all yeah, out. Just be still and know. Yes. He will be exalted amongst yes. nations. And yes. it's it it um articulates the turbulence of the times and things like that. Do you think um, there is something unique about this time in comparison to maybe, um, you know, other historical events and and humanity's evolution? And I don't mean scientific evolution necessarily. I just mean the evolving of humanity in in consciousness and toward its unveiling in the person of Christ. Like, because it feels like, and I don't know if every generation says this, but it does feel like we are living in a time where there's a lot of different factors. Like um, the, the fact that we're, the globally the internet has made us so connected. Yes. Um, in the church and out of the church, it feels like there's way more people who seem to be awake. Yes. Um, right. Even right. just in, in spiritual traditions or whatever, like who are right. awake. And what I mean by that is self-aware, yeah. not just in the program of judgment and fear and survival and all those yeah. different things. Yeah. I, I think um, so the question yeah. is: Do you think there's a do you think there is something distinct about this time in comparison to other times in history?
1: Yes, I I, I do think, and I think I think uh, uh, this season is a sign of that Christ is coming. Christ has been sanctified outside the walls of the church, and that's what you're seeing when you're, you know suffering oh. brings. For me, a person who is suffering, but he's suffering, whether he's a Hindu or a Buddhist, that's for me, it's Christ who is suffering, you know, and because the Christ in him is suffering. Yeah. You know and and that when there is suffering there's consciousness that's the way it always happens without suffering there is no consciousness and yeah. so when you see a Buddhist yeah. or a Hindu or a Muslim suffering that's that's that that's that person and Christ said oh you gave him a glass of water you 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 saw him in prison you saw him in hospital you went to see him and it's like oh when did we do that oh Lord oh that oh, but that was me that was me and uh, so I think Christ is being really glorified outside the church walls now we're seeing, People who are awake, like you're saying, and they're not just Christians. In fact, sadly, the Christians are the, the sleepiest of the lot. And you're still looking around, and the other people are like, "Wow, you, you, you're getting this, man. You, you don't have the same semantics." And it's 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 really Christ coming out of the walls of his confinements, and we're being able to yeah. see them in many people. And that will bring many sons to glory. Um, us being able to recognise and say, "What I see in you is I see Jesus in you." You might not know Him, but let me introduce Him to who you really are. You know, and I think there's a tremendous opportunity at hand in that. And um, yeah, so it's di- different to a- any time, and I really believe it's a move of God.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, Kirby, thank you thank so you. much. Thank you, Caleb. Sure, it's been a real pleasure you know. talking
1: to you. Thank you so much for your questions. Appreciate you.
0: Yeah.